man. It is Wednesday night. Uh, we definitely changed the time. I think we're going to have to stick with this one, though, because the fall is now underway for a lot of us. But thank you all for those that are avid guests and continued uh, consumers of what we're producing, man. This is Track Chat with the most known unknowns. I am Coach Kyle. Mansa Moonson. I thought he was dead, but <laughs> Lamont Johnson from Johnson C. Smith. And my boy, Coach Stamps, man, the Alchemist coach from East Tennessee State University. Uh, for those of you that may not have joined the show, uh, we've we've been doing this about maybe three or four months months now. Uh, we've gone live. I think this is week three of being live, so I got to give you the rules. We want fan engagement. We accept questions and comments, but only positivity. Uh, no negativity will be addressed, allowed, and so forth. All right, so please feel free to submit questions. I think we're going to have a good segment today, just us, no guests at all. Uh, so, but before we really get into the two topics for the evening, gentlemen, do we want to go over the weekend at all? And there was even a meet today, uh, but do you guys want to discuss Monaco at all or some of the performances that just happened? I would like to. Yeah, cool. Let's do it. Uh, Lamont, I'll let you go first, and I'll, I'll come back on the back of you. Um, let's talk about Monaco. Um, clearly, the the highlight of the meet was Carson Warholmes. You know, he ran 47.10, which goes to show what type of shape he's in and what type of mission he's on. You know, hopefully, you know, that will carry over into 2021. Um, based on what I've seen and based on everything that he's been putting out there, listen to me. I know everyone got the kid from New York City by way of Southern California being the Matrix or the John Wick of the 400 hurdles. Warhol's gonna put in a split in his rear end. He's gonna he's gonna hurt he's gonna hurt that kid. He's gonna hurt that kid back. That kid's on another level. Warhol's on another level, and I get it. God, he is an immense talent, but there's something different about him. There's something different about the way he attacks the hurdles. There's something different about the way he just engages with his 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 competition and and how he goes for the kill and like he leaves no stone on turn and you know there's there's a different you can see him and Benjamin are two different training regiments which I think is going to be the deciding factor you know yes it's cute that rock and go 19 point and 44 three and, and, and but at the end of the day stamps you are 400 hurdler by nature you know because you and I had a conversation about that in you said things got changed up for you in order for you to start running how well you started running. There's something missing with 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 the uh quote unquote with John Pick, aka the Matrix, whatever they want to call them. Um my other my other point is um can I, can I address that real quick before you is, are you going to a different race or is it still right? Yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to a different race, but if you want to address that, go ahead. All right, one second. So I almost want to agree with you, Lamont. I almost want to agree with you. But Rye Benjamin is is the world will, my bad, will be the world record holder. And this is why. The reason he wasn't able to, we all know that he had, I don't know if it was a heel fracture or stress, whatever his issue was, he did what he did at World Champs last year, not at 100%. 
And when you can put a guy that has sub 20, 10 0, 44, whatever he wants, rolling out of the bed, and and nothing but time, space, and healthiness to 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 be ready for that showdown, I'm team right. I like warm. I like I, I believe it is going it is gonna be one of those uh photo finishes. But I legitimately believe Rai is there solely because of what he functionally knows and understands rhythmically of what he can do that Carson can. And I think because of the form hurdles is such a technical event, go back to Edwin Moses as he broke down the structure of the event. And and you can say you can say that uh Rai is more Edwin Moses with 400 with, with the speed that we've never seen a quarter hurdler with and and Carson is more like like you said he's a strength guy I like strength guy I was a strength guy but I have never seen the Matrix John Wick 400 hurdler that should have been Karan Clement but he didn't have the rhythm understanding that Rye has but because Rye has that rhythm embedded and can and can hit 12. Carson can't hit 12, hasn't hit 12. So when you can take two and three strides out of a run, we all know one of the reasons Usain was one of the best he was, and we actually talk about that later in the show, but I'm going to go with the speed. Well, here's my counter, here's my counter to that. When Rob Benjamin was hitting 12, he did it against inferior competition. There's a difference when you ain't got no pressure. You can you know that you're the better man by almost two and a half seconds. This it, it, it's, it's kind of different. It's kind of different. I think the meet where he almost went twelve, like the whole I think like the whole backstretch into the curve. I think it was the Pac-12 meet. Dude, he had no competition. Like I think his next fastest person next one was what fifty point fifty one. So it's it's easy. To run well with form and hit all your hit all your stride patterns and everything like that when you ain't pressed. You and I both know that. Booty holes get tight. Ass cheeks start to clinch. Sorry I had to put it like that, but that's the, you you know, you know, Sam, you've been in one, you've been in one of the most hotly contested four by fours. I don't give a damn how long ago it was or how fast I going to ran. That 2002 four by four was one of the most hotly contested four by four because everybody was so close in proximity, in time rates, whatever the case may be. You know what happened? Teams that were supposed to win? Think about it. The man who we who we dubbed the greatest anchor man in all of college track and field. Nobody's better than Darrell Williamson. He couldn't do what he he couldn't do what he wanted to do. Even though he was a freshman, he still couldn't do what he wanted to do. So you and I both know that when that pressure's on, now 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 you got to jump up and say, so remember Carson got two world championships under his belt. He's been in the pressure cooker. So and, 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 and that's why they run the race. Hold up, Stance, because y'all can't see the comments, but now nah, I, I want y'all to stay on this for a minute. Coach Young threw out there. What about Kay Young, the world record holder? Huh? I, I talked talk to Kevin. Uh, hmm. Kevin has been a friend, obviously, with somebody I looked up to. Uh, hopefully, we can get him on the show. Um, he's he's overseas right now uh, working on a grad program, uh, but I talked to Kevin, and he's he's right. He said, he said, uh, I he said he believes that Rye is the closest thing to him, but he said it's going to be a dogfight solely because of what you said. Uh, what you said, Lamont, 
Carson is going to give him every single bit of what he can stand. And like you said, if pressure bust pipes, his pipes on bust, and we're going to find that out. But that's why they run the race. Hey, Ooh. hey, Lockhart. All right, Lamont, you was going to move to a, uh, to another race, Lamont? Yeah, the other race, and this is going to be a surprise um, because a lot of people, you know, want to talk about the 5K, which is ridiculous. We got a 5,000-meter world record. I mean, yeah. that show that them, them them Africans, they not playing. 12, 35, 36 in a 5K? During these during these times, it's unparalleled. Kudos to that young man and what he did. But the race I want to talk about, I want to talk about the women's hundred. What I saw, <laughs> the U.S. women. Hold up. Wait, wait. Just just on that, I need y'all to know this because Coach Watts called me. I don't know if y'all know, but we had two Ugandan athletes that had committed before I started my first year at ETSU. Joseph Chepchigi and his teammate. Carl, uh, it starts with a W. Wallace. Wallace had committed to ETSU, and when he won the two weeks before the World Juniors was at Oregon, I went out there to see both of the guys. Uh, things were taken care of, and he won the 10K, and then he signed a professional contract at the end of the summer and never came. So he was an ETSU buck for two weeks before the World Juniors. Gotcha. But um, going back, going back to going back to the women's hundred, um, that was an ultimate disappointment. And I wasn't, I wasn't even watching anybody in the race. I was watching them be a Hobbs. Okay, um, you are a ten eighty five PB. You was one of the most dominant hundred meter female sprinters coming out of the most dominant hundred meter program in all the college. And they ain't even up for debate. That's not even up for debate. LSU's the hundred meter. That's that's their title, not up for debate. Nobody's gonna supplant them. But what I saw from her was a disappointment, and I'm extremely worried about the US women going into 2021. They better they better get it together, man. They better get it together. Because if they don't, listen, there's a lot of losing going on behind Jamaica. Ain't nothing but losing going on back there. They gonna be somebody gonna be so far in front of that relay in that hundred in that two hundred. They gonna be so they gonna be so far out ahead, man. Like they gonna be spectators in the race. So if that if, if she's supposed to be the number two girl, supposedly on paper she's supposed to be the number two girl. U.S. got a problem. All right, so I wanna take a spending time on that, Lamont. You just you just sparked something in my brain. Um. Now, with that, with Aaliyah Hobbs and Shakari, both uh, being LSU Tigers, when's, when's the last dominant female sprinter we've had come from a Power 5 institution that dominated for Team USA? And I, and I posed Like, who won or who had a stretch? I mean, no, like, who had a stretch for a team USA? And I, and I pose that question because, as you said, like, they may be in trouble. That's just me playing devil's advocate because still the fastest woman alive, she didn't go P5. You know, she, she right. didn't go P5 person. So, right. So, who is it? Because we, we keep talking about Shakari. We're all fans of Shakari. I mean, I like Aaliyah Hobbs, too. I mean, I like a lot of the young ladies. But 
who is it like who's that diamond? Who's that diamond in a rough that may not have been that dominant collegiate sprinter that came out of a big program? The I mean, only the last, the last, I'm sorry, go ahead, Sam. Go ahead. I was gonna say the only the only person we can say based off of the most recent championships was the little baby from uh Auntie? Iowa. Oh Iowa. Because she medaled. Yeah. And and, and Brittany something, I feel like her name was Brittany Brown. Yeah. And I was like, who? I had to Google, who is this? Where does she come from? And and when I start thinking about it, you think of Allison, she didn't go to school. You think of Melita, she went to Dominguez Hills, Cal State Dominguez Hills. Marion was Gardner, but she's not won no medals in the world stage, and she was Oregon. Kimberlyn Duncan never materialized. Uh, that's all I got. Tori Edwards was the last one. Tori, Tori went to, she was a. Uh, she went to USC. Tori she went to USC. Went to, okay. went to USC. Okay. She never won an NCAA championship. She made finals, but she never won a championship. And she was the last, like, she won 03 in the 100. Wow. Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Wow, that's a great. I mean, I didn't go to, I mean, I mean, her. Lauren Williams won the world championships in 05. Uh, Miami. Very yeah. Miami. Yeah. Um, but Lauren came with a lot of fanfare. Remember, she dominated that 2004 year. Right. Which say title that she almost won the trials and you know, wait, did she win the trials? No. She may have, but then and then you right. got if you count Marion Jones, but she only ran sparingly at North Carolina, but again. Right. Right. So I so I did, it, you, made, you made me think about it. I opened up a whole nother can of worms, but that's not the direction. You know what I'm saying? Right. We want we want to go in it. All right, cool. So, man, y'all are y'all ready to really get into it though? Because one, one, one more one more thing, just to add to Monaco, I thought it was dope as hell. The Lyles brothers did what they did in the 200, and big shouts, hand clap for Josephus Lyles. The fact that that he's starting to mature and grow into his own, I think is just love, it's blessing, man. Like that, for him to do that on that stage, because I didn't know enough about him, but I was just kind of always like, man, he got on because his brother got on. I would take the same bait. I mean, if, if if my brother was like, only way you get me is if you sign my brother all day. But the fact that it's not looking like a waste is is beautiful. And And, you know, with all the stuff that's going on, that was beautiful to see, man. I, I I could imagine the Lyles household was was beaming with pride, man. That's just something that 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 you hope to see and to see it on that level, man. That was beautiful for the sport. Okay, cool. All right, man. So let's get into it. So I want to I want to spend the next the next half per se uh, on a topic we haven't touched before, and that's that's mental health, but more so mental health of coaches. So COVID-19, of course, is shaking up the world. I mean, we can't stop talking about it. Uh, but I mean, I know we all know some some coaches that are doing really well during this time. And we know some that aren't doing well at all during this time. So if there is some feedback and some comments. Pe people out there, please chime in. But let's start with you guys. Like, how have you been able to navigate COVID-19? Has it been good? Has it been bad? Up and down? In between? Uh, and now with the fall beginning, where are you now? Like with students either not being able to come to campus, like for you, Lamont, I know here at Georgia State, ours are here this week, Stamps, I think y'all start on Monday as well. So, yeah. 
I'll take I'll take a first mic. You can clean it up. Uh, it's been a blessing, man. A lot of people uh, that know me know I'm kind of like I'm, I'm a different kind of dude. Track, as much as I love track, it don't define me. And I'm not one of those. Early on as a young coach, I was super like track and field, track and field, one lane, track and field, tunnel vision. This is all I do. This is all I do. And realized that I was missing out on friends' birthdays, friends' engagements, friends' weddings, whatever. And, you know, about five or six years ago, I started to put a higher emphasis on, you know, making sure if I can be at something, I'm going to be at something. And if I have to miss something for track and field, as long as I had a blessing of the head coach, the, you know, director of athletics, and it's not impeding in, in, in what my job is fundamentally, you know, I need to go be a part of those life experiences that I'm not going to get back. So um, this uh, the, the the break that we've had, the shelter in place, it was amazing for me, man. It was beautiful for me, man. I, I, I'm a creator. Um, I, I, I'm business minded. I, I put energy and and time into my track club that we're that we're growing here in, in the Tri Cities. Uh, I've been able to uh, uh, work with my investment group. I started an investment group last year, so you know uh, I've I've found myself. Uh, finding other things to keep me busy, whether you call them hobbies, interests, or just ways to pivot. Because let's let's be honest, part of the mental health that's associated with why people are feeling a certain type of way, because we may see NCAA athletics uh, evaporate before our eyes. In, in, in 12 months, 12 months time, we all could be out of the job. If, 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 if games aren't played, the, the, the engine starts revving again. So I'm already kind of actively working on my exit solely because like my life goal, and I don't mind sharing this with any of you guys, is to be retired. I'm 40 years old. I just turned 40 in June. I would love to be retired and choose to work after 45. I don't want to, I don't knock anybody to have to wait till 60 or so on and so forth, but I'm trying to have the type of residual income that's coming into my pocket to where by 45, I can go to my athletic director. I can go to, I can call Coach Kyle. He's still at Georgia State. Say, look, bro, I'm a, like, I'm telling you, I'm gonna be your hurdle coach. I don't need nothing. I don't want nothing. Just let me coach the 140 hurdles, and I'll be here from October to however far my kid makes it, and then I'm gonna go do my thing. Hopefully, you have me back. Like that's my inspiration. My goal is to be so financially well off that I can choose to do this for free uh, and, and and whatever salary I might be on, put that back to the kids, give them a better experience, give them a better opportunity. So for me, uh, it has been a mind, it has been a, a great uh, space of perspective to just invest in myself, my time, my family. My nephew got to come up and spend three weeks with his uncle, that was awesome. So, you know, I've just gotten to, to spend more time with family that I wouldn't have access to uh, during the time that we're traveling. I call it rock star time. You know, from January to June, we basically have every weekend accounted for. So I, I definitely took the time to spend time with family and people that were close to me. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to be a little bit more harsh. Based on what I've seen over the course of the last couple of months, I am highly disgusted with the mentality of the coaching field 
in all in in all the spring sports. I'm gonna say the spring sports and now the fall sports, especially you know other sports. It's scary to see a bunch of grown adults put themselves in a depressive state because they didn't have a season. You have all this time to spend with the loved ones, like Stan said. You have all this time to spend with your loved ones. Girlfriends, wives, children. You know, I watch Coach, I watch Coach Lane down at LSU. He's always he actually enjoyed all this time he got to spend with his kids. But we got all these coaches out here who who they are just as worse as some of these football players. They don't see themselves as anything other than being a coach. This is the perfect time where all of us could have said, you know what? I've been, I've been, I've been kind of sit, you know, sitting by and not investing into this thing I've been talking about doing. I could have used this time and done it. No, you're sitting here on Twitter and you're sitting on Instagram crying about how the season needs to come. Oh my God. Oh, I need the season. Oh, come on, man. You do that, then the kids see it, and then the kids, then, then the kids start to, to start to work off of that. You know, and you can do so many things to, to help strengthen your mental, your, your mental your mental capability and strengthen your mental health, but you all felt you all have felt victim to 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 the identity that you don't know who you're gonna be if that's taken from you. Like it, it, it's it's just mind-boggling to me. So for me, I believe this time help me get up with y'all, start what we're doing. I was able to start the podcast that I started with Cozantavius. I was able to start looking into investing stuff because Stan's put that bug in my head, and you know me and me and Amber started doing that. Start willing to look at things and be willing to take risks because once again. Now that we know the now that we know the irresponsibilities of of college athletics and how we're spending before we have, like this is a, like like this is a profession that you don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. So we all gotta be prepared. And what I noticed in the wall that was pulled over my eyes, I mean pulled above my head to see everybody else, there's a vast majority of us coaches that are not prepared for what happens if this if this thing is taken away from us for another year. And I'm scared for all of them. So I hope everyone who's watching this understands, listen, you have to take this time to, 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 to better yourself, better your family. You know, find a hobby. Find something to do. Create something. Do your podcast. I saw somebody try to make a running job. Well, I guess, oh, I guess you're not a real coach unless you're podcasting. That's the same dude that's out there complaining that he ain't got track because he ain't got no identity. Because all he's known as is a track coach. And one thing I love about Stamps is that Stamps is not a track coach. Stamps is an entrepreneur who happens to be a track coach. And that's the type of people I want in my circle. Because Stamps don't know, but Stamps pulled me out of my rut without him even, even knowing. I got in the rut for me by two days, boom, Stamps, boom. Stamps said one thing, he didn't even know, he even said it to me. He said one thing and boom, pulled me out of it. You know what? I'm chill. I can use this time. I can use the March, April, May, June to actually spend that time with my significant other. Who, we're in the same profession, we don't ever spend time with each other during this time of the year. 
we got to learn each other. We got to do different things. We got to invest in certain things. We start to, we start to do little investment stuff, stock stuff and things of that nature. Little, little stuff. And now once we start getting the hang of it, now we start doing big. Because I've always moved with the sense of be ready for the next 10 years after you're done with what you're doing. Because look, I'm not coaching in my 60s, bro. No disrespect to all those who coach in their 60s, 70s. I'm, I'm, I'm not the 60s, I'm sorry, into your 70s. I'm not coaching into my 70s, then into my 80s. All right, I'm not doing that. What you know, what I see other coaching staffs do. I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? Right now, I already know what I plan on doing after I, after I finish this coaching thing. And once I'm done, I can move into my final chapter. And I and that's my choice to do that. Like Stan said, he wants it to be a choice. If you want to come and help out and don't need no money, look, I'm just going to help out and so on and so forth. And that's what everyone has been. That's what all these coaches have been missing. I'm tired of seeing y'all on Twitter crying. I'm tired of y'all seeing y'all on Instagram bitching. Okay? Take this time for yourself. Take it for yourself and become better human beings, man. Uh, all right. So I, I definitely under, I understand. I understand where you're coming from on the hard side. Uh, I'm going to also say this. Uh, Cause I mean, I, I got I got a close friend that's that's dealing with a situation. So to the people that it has a it has affected your routine, and you don't necessarily know that you're dealing with depression, uh, it's a serious thing. And for someone that had a form of it, mine was homesickness, which is a form of depression. Um, definitely do whatever. Number one, don't be shy. Don't be shy to try to figure out what it is that may be wrong with you. Number one, don't be shy. And do not eliminate any possible solution to get you back in your normal routine. Uh, I'll say that first. Now, for me, uh, it's pretty, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of both of you guys. I'm not a, I'm not a track coach. I never, I never tag myself as a track coach. Uh, I'm good at coaching track. I'm great at coaching. I mean, you can put me in any sport, and I'm just so able to identify the body so I can coach whatever. So I've never, like how Stamp said, like I've never put all my eggs in into track and field. Again, I've shared this story so many times. When I got to the University of Tennessee, I was a walk-on, but I cared more about pledging KSI than I did about putting on a Tennessee ball uniform. That's just been me. Like I care what I care about. But anything that I do, I put my all into it, but it doesn't make or break me. So track and field doesn't make or break me. Clearly, I left the NCAA at age 20, 28, 28, 29. So I, I definitely didn't care, and I still don't care now. Uh, I'm like Stamps. Like, I'm an entrepreneur. I always got other things going, money stacked away. Uh, and I don't worry at all. Should everything fall apart, I'm not worried at all. On the flip side – I've enjoyed this time. I've enjoyed from March all the way up to August at this point. I got a newborn. Uh, and when I thought I wasn't going to be able to spend so much time with my newborn because I'm traveling every single weekend, that completely got flipped around. Uh, so that has been so helpful. Uh, my quality of life has just been incredible. Like you never know. People don't know. Like when you get to really relax and you don't have to be somewhere at a certain time and Man, you could get up at 10 versus 5 or 6 uh, and shoot. And I'm getting up at 5.30 by choice, not by force, because that's when I work out. Uh, I mean, it's been a beautiful experience for me. Now, I still have that hunger of I do want to get back to work. I do want to get back to coaching. 
uh, because that's where my passion is right now. But if, if Georgia State called tonight or tomorrow or the NCAA shut it all down, like I will be just fine. Um, and I think one of the other things is I'm super proud of just the community in general and how everybody has had to like, uh, change and alter their perspective of how like business has to be dealt with at this current point. Cause you know, this is year seven, six years ago, I was like, listen, you know, to my administrators and even the coach, coach Watts, listen, man, you, you legitimately gotta be crazy to tell me in the summer, when we've been grinding at this thing since like the 20th of August till June, we legitimately have to be in here every day. Life will go on. The world, the, the world, uh, technology and every like remotely, like we can handle everything. We can order our shoes. We can order our clothes. You can do any inventory you need to do. Maybe I have to come in on a Monday to count everything, but there's no legitimate reason. You can't recruit and find nobody in the summer. So like other than talking on the phone and maybe making a few visits and like, like we can do this without physically being here. And now that COVID is hit and the, the personal communication, the personal contact has, has had to widen and you have to socially distance and people are working remotely. I've been screaming remote six years ago. And 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 it, and it didn't fall off. It did not work. The things kept moving forward. Athletes got better. And it's super uh, rewarding to know that as a as a as a person that visualizes and as a thinker, like you know, I, I don't want to say I told you so, but that's the best thing I can say is I told you the machine will keep working if you leave it alone. Mm -hmm. And and the fact that recruiting budgets are going to be different, you know, uh, the, the 48, the 48 uh, hour rule might change. Like we're starting to all talk about how the protocols are going to be when they finally do open up recruiting. Like, you know, all these things that are going to go to stave off the pandemic and how we need to move. Uh, you know, an athlete is going to have to decide maybe over a day and a night and a morning where they go to school versus all this interpersonal communication that typically has gone on, you know, for what recruiting was. Because if we got to keep everybody safe, we got to keep people socially distant, you know, uh, there, there might be some parameters and things that the NCAA changed, but at the end of the day, these kids still want to go to school somewhere. True. So we had a question, and uh, I wanted to make sure we didn't get too far away from it. So well, what has already started to hit campuses? Of course, cases cases are popping up. All right, so we got a question from Nate, man. Uh, how do you guys think you will best curtail your student athletes uh, to stay as safe as possible during this time as they return back to school? Uh, Lamont, Lamont, pretty good. I mean, his kids ain't even on campus, so <laughs> it's, it's down uh, to you. I, I would say, man, Nate, the athletes, the thing that I kind of really appreciate is the opportunity, right? So, we talk, we start talking about championship culture, athletic responsibility, uh, you know, what it takes to be successful, and now more so than ever, young people are in the driver's seat of, of doing their part. And if their part is not hanging out, doing less so they can have access to more, like 
you know, if you guys want things to come back to normal, numbers got to go down. Unfortunately, these young people, these young Americans, these these uh, enterprising individuals, so to speak, you know, we had an is is issue with this past weekend, uh, a, a sports team at our university threw two parties for Welcome Back Week. And it's like, come on, man, y'all. So I think that it, it, it's a phenomenal opportunity for young people to be steadfast, accountable for where they're at and what they're doing. Because here's the thing. Uh, our testing protocol is up, you know, uh, as part of the physical kids are going to take the COVID test. And if you're negative when you get here, but all of a sudden, two or three weeks later, you test positive. Chances are you weren't as mindful as you said you was going to be. And and it's going to be interesting to see how we uh, curtail those actions and those motives and get people really kind of locked in on the point that social distancing still has to happen. Uh, you know, in our tech thread today, you know, young people can't, it, you know, this isn't the time to move like like our world and our time frame is, is what it was in 2019. I say that to the, to the, to the males on campus. I say that to the females on campus. Socially distancing is going to save you a lot of drama, trials and tribulations that are going to prevent you because you could easily uh, form a cluster on your team. So what happens if, what happens if your, it's so true. It's so you know, true. If, if your fun night of college induction leads to six or seven other people and now uh, there's a cluster on your team, and as coaches, we actually get to coach. Ah, man, there's there's six kids that that two weeks done. So we just need we just need y'all to be the young adults that you asked to be when you left your mommy and daddy house. As hard as that is, uh, hopefully, you know, more responsible young people will emerge out of this new normal. Well, man. Stamps, I don't I don't have anything to add other than it's it's gonna be it's gonna be such a challenge. I'm I'm here, I'm here in Atlanta. Atlanta is wide open and has been wide open for quite some time. Oh uh, I don't know, man. But I mean you you've covered it all. Uh I've tried to wrap my head around it like man. You know, try to have, try to maximize my 20 hours as much as possible, like doing stuff at this time, try to like, I don't know. because And that was a thing that came down from one of our compliance directors. What the NCAA might ultimately do, and this could affect everybody, is, is take out the eight hour. You know, they might limit the amount of time we could put their care of. They might, they might limit the amount of time you can spend with said student athlete. Like there's all these things that since it's such a, a fluidly moving situation. We got protocol over protocol, which we need to have, but yet, like, uh, there was an email thread shared in our department, and it's, it's cool, so I don't, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing to share it, but in the Olympic sports where, where we lift the weights, KY, mm -hmm. uh, you know, every coach, so soccer, volleyball, baseball, us, you know, we're like, ah, weight room, sweat, contact tracing, just multiple layers of just bodily fluid that can be transferred no matter no matter how much you wipe this stuff down, it's just a high risk uh 
facility space. So what they're trying to do is move some of the, the, the bars to people's facilities. Baseball will have a few bars. They can do weights over at their space, soccer, so on and so forth. And and I'm just like, man, I'm just staying away from the weight room altogether because there was a cluster that broke out with our football team, women's basketball and men's basketball, and they were all in that same space on the, where, the, where, the, uh, where that weight room is in the corner, not the Olympic room. So – the fact that like people are trying to optimally move while we have good weather is a, is a is a great charge, but it's like also, man, if you you know no more than fifteen people, like the rules, the main rules we have on campus, you can't have you can't have a gathering of more than fifteen people at any given time. Uh, temperature checks and the daily questionnaire has to be filled out before you enter the dome. There's uh, there's one main there's one only entrance to the dome and one exit. Here's the thing: the student athletes all know about it, but when students come on campus, and and they're active, there's not yet like hall monitors or people to say, "Oh no, you can't go this way." So there's there's going to be this big onus on people to just follow instruction. But we all know how crazy that is. People are literally stopping flights because they don't want to wear their damn mask on airplanes. I have a, a cousin that's a flight attendant, and she was like, "Bro, like every day." We're 30 or 40 minutes late leaving everything because we get in an argument with somebody that says, I shouldn't have to wear my mask and I'm on this flight. And they end up having to set them off right. or take them off the plane. Yeah. So I don't understand. I don't understand people. No, we're we just going to stay prayed up, man. But let, let's switch gears because I want to get my boy Lamont back involved. So we've brought this up several times on camera, off camera. We got to bring it up again so we can spend some time diving into it. What is a true sprinter? Can can we define what a true sprinter is first and then get into it? Like, what does that look like? So, Lamont, because I know we didn't had you sitting over there quiet. What is your definition of a true sprinter? You know, we 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 talked about this a couple of episodes ago. We didn't really delve into it. You kind of made mention of it. Um, and I. I don't think anyone would disagree with you when we say a true sprinter is somebody that can you know, run multiple sprint events, but we got to be careful with the term true sprinter because the sprint includes the hurdles, right? It includes hurdles. I don't know if many 100-meter runners that can run the hurdles. You know that's, what I'm so, so, that's a good counterpoint, uh, but, but I, would, I don't think so because we always, even in education, we say sprints, hurdles, jumps, relays. Okay, so you want to keep so you want to keep it. So when we talking about sprints, we talking about the flat sprints. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean no, that's, that's just that that's just my argument. That's my counterpoint. I think you make a valid point. Like, do we need to include the hurdles or not? Because there are the sprint hurdles. They definitely. Yes, and this is, hold on. Yes, and this is why. Bree Rollins just ran one of the fastest 150s ever documented, and that's why she had the American record before Kendra broke the world record. Yes. Okay. Grant Holloway. Yes. So okay. but Christian so, Coleman. So maybe so maybe this helped. So maybe Christian this Coleman. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Christian Coleman. Tyson Gay. LaShawn Merritt. They can't hurt him. Hey, it's not a, it's, it's not about them. It's not about them hurdling. It's the fact that nine times out of ten, especially in the sprint hurdles, the faster 
flat sprinter makes a better hurdler. That's that's what oh, being a well, sprinter that's is. That's not entirely true because Terrence Shamel never won a never won a uh, an international title in his twelve year career. And he was a, he was a medalist, and you do realize part of the reason why he didn't Lamont is because he was too fast. So it is a hindrance in the hurdles, but it isn't it isn't a de facto. He was a silver medalist. He was bronze. He won multiple medals, and he won a, a world indoor sixty meter uh, hurdle title. He just never won the one tens outdoor. So yeah. So maybe so maybe we start as we're trying to define it. So maybe we start here. I think we start with in, in order to even be defined as a sprinter, you have to do well in those flat races. But then you become a sprinter that can hurdle or a sprinter that can jump. Is that like is that safe to say? No, no. no listen, listen. We're, 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 comp we're complicating simplicity. OK. OK. You have to understand that the hurdles are two totally different disciplines in comparison to the open, to the open four, two and the one. OK. And that's not fair to say, okay, what's the definition of a true sprinter, knowing that Christian Coleman can't hurdle. He can't hurdle. So so because he can't hurdle, does not does that not make him a true sprinter? But we're not talking about Christian Coleman hurdling because at the end of the at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I'll use an athlete that came out of my program. Uh, before Kiana Davis broke the 200 meter record, Kyra Atkins had it. Kyra Atkins was 2353 in the 200. My fastest female sprinter, she was 13.06 in 100 hurdles. So what, what we're trying to say, get away from the sprinters that don't hurdle because sprinters sprint. The faster, my, my text message, if you saw it, was the faster of the guys that run distance, run faster over distance. The fact that, that – um, um, I, I can't damn think of his name, but this guy that did this, Mo. The fact that he could lay down a 55 or 56 second 400 at the end of the 5K. Your internet is so terrible. I don't know what you just did, but okay. Okay, this, this guy, the, the dude, Mo. Mo, the, the, British, the British distance runner. I don't know. You don't know what I'm talking about? Mo Farah. Mo Farah. Oh. Yeah, I'm, so yeah, I'm, is, sorry, he, he would yeah. run, he would run and do this. Yeah, Mo Farah would run and, and make this M thing. So sorry, so Mo Farah would lay down in a 5K or 10K a 55 or 54 second last lap, which a lot of other people couldn't do. So the fact that he brought foot speed to the distance events is what made him a great distance runner. The same thing goes all the way down the line. Your best long jumper, more often than not, ain't slow. Your best hurdler, Alan Johnson, who won medal, bro, he ran like 2050 in the 200. He was a 1030 guy. That's not elite in the 100, but that ain't slow. So talk. I, I want it to be expressed in a space, not that Christian didn't run the hurdles or whatever, but fast is fast, just like just like uh, Kyle said. The fact that Justin ain't never run no 400 meters, but going split 44-3 is what? Listen, he can sprint. And Evander, Evander just defined it, and that's essentially what it is. Hurdler, hurdlers are sprinters. Sprinters aren't hurdlers. 
So essentially, in order to be a premier, a top tier hurdler, you got to be a good sprinter. Right? I agree with that. Okay, but there has to be a separation. There has to be a separation. Because it's not fair to those who don't hurdle. It's not fair. So the definition of a true sprinter, because I know what you're asking, Cal. What is a true sprinter? A true sprinter is a guy. I, I give you a prime example. A true sprinter is a, a Tyson Gay, a Wallace Spearman, Xavier Carter, a Kelly Willie, a Benny Brazil, a Michael Norman, a Rob. You know, I, let's use Rob Benjamin, even though his primary. Bro, you just said Benny Brazil. Hold on, Sam's. Even though I gave you the floor, hold on, I gave you the floor. Even though his primary events are the hurdles, if we're going to talk strictly, if we're going to talk strictly flat sprinters, all right, Rod just came out of my mouth, okay, based on. No, you said Benny Brazil. So, and, and I, mentioned, I mentioned Benny Brazil, even though Benny Brazil, the reason why I say Benny Brazil is because Benny Brazil ran on the 4x1, ran on the 4x4, ran the 400. I don't think he ever ran an open event indoors a day in his life since he was at LSU. I can't recall that any time that he ran an open court or open. Yeah, he was not realize because he could sprint. We, right, right. Listen, we can remove Benny. We can remove Benny Brazil. But what I think, guys who run the hurdles, who can sprint, I think we need to say, okay, we need to kind of separate them. Just keep it the one, two, four. You know what I'm saying? Then we can have a category for okay, the Grant Holloways, the Allen Johnson. I know Allen Johnson can run. Dude, Allen Johnson has a gold medal in the four by four at the World Championships. I know he could run because I raced him in the four by four in the lead leg my senior year in college. I know he could run. Okay. Okay. I, I okay. all his smoke the first the, the, the first 20, 20 meters. Trust me. So I know I, I know he can run. But if we're talking what's a true sprinter, a true sprinter is somebody that can run the four and come down and give you a great leg on the four by one, run a great 200. And if you know, I've seen some quarter miles where Early early season, they'll run the hundred. You know, they'll run like 10, 40, 10, 30, whatever the case may be. And then a great a great hundred meter sprinter is somebody like, and I you know I'm gonna use him for example, the Tyson Gay. Tyson Gay ran forty four eighty nine open quarter, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, Obadiah Thompson, who ran nine eight nineteen seven, also ran 45, 23, 23, 23, yeah, 45, 23 in the open quarter. His opening and, and his senior year at El Paso. His uh his opening meet after coming on setting the world record in the 55 meter dash. You know what I'm saying? So to me, a true sprinter could go up and a true sprinter could come down. I and I, I agree with that. And so, and again, I, I attach it to all the coaching education. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put them all under one umbrella. I look at it like this. If you can sprint, you can you can run pretty much even or relatable times in the flat events. But in order to be a premier, like top tier specialist in the jumps or in the hurdles, the prerequisite is you need to be a pretty decent sprinter. That's how I feel. Right. But you know, there are some outliers. Who yeah, of course. Of course. Run worth the damn. Like you put them on. You put them on the damn, you put them in a set of blocks, and it's like watching, like watching the car wreck. Yeah. You know, like I give you a prime example. I don't know if my guy can sprint and I love him to death, but Donald Scott, Donald Scott jumped 57 damn feet, bro. And I know he can't sprint. I've seen him practice. 
when I was like Eastern Michigan, listen. But you do realize, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. You do realize that's why Donald Scott is where Donald Scott is, and he ain't Christian Taylor or Will Clay. But that has a who can. What do you mean he made teams? He make it, make it. Did he medal? Has he, has he, has he done what Will Clay and Christian Taylor has? Who you know what Christian Taylor's sprint prowess is, and you know what Will Clay's sprint prowess is. Answer that. Right. No, you're right. You're right. He hasn't medaled. You're right. And that, that, that's the main reason why he hadn't jumped 58 feet. And Will Clay and Christian Taylor had. Even Jonathan Edwards, who had the world record. His career ain't over. His career ain't over. So you don't know what he can jump yet. You don't know what he's doing. So don't really, don't, don't. We just talked, dude, we just talked prerequisite. We just talked prerequisite. We okay, just talked prerequisite. Jeff Henderson. We just had Dwight on the, on the show. Was you not paying attention? Dwight, yeah. Dwight, we can do. Carl I am not disagreeing with you. All I'm saying is that there are some people who have did some extraordinary things and they have not met the not met the criteria that's needed. It's it's well, I agree with you there, but we but we not you're not recruiting outliers. And we no, not but I'm just I'm just saying I'm I'm talking about, but I'm talking about in totality. There's always gonna be a Christian Coleman, this and the third, but anybody ever seen how fast I Ivan Pedroso can sprint? Yes, he's run 1031. Well, listen, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Carl Lewis, Iron Joseph would probably go down to the greatest long jumper ever. Arguably. He ran he ran 1031. He Dwight Phillips. Okay. Now, but when you but, but when you compare, but when you compare all those other guys, like Larry Murray sprint 20 flat. How fast how fast did, how fast did uh Mike Powell sprint? He was under 1020. No, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Don't tell that lie. No, he wasn't. Hold on. I got it. Got 1045. Huh? 1045. Okay. And he jumped 29. Let's, let's be real. 1045 don't equal 29.4. Okay. <laughs> let's be real. 1029. Oh, hold up. But 10, but whoa, whoa, whoa. But 1045 and 1985 ain't slow. Wait, ho, wait, wait. You talking Mike Powell? Mike Powell. Mike Powell ain't never broke 20 seconds. Wait, hold up. Wait a minute. No, I said, I said, said 1045. I said 1045. Right. 10, okay. But, but I'm saying that's not that's not slow. Listen, but but this is what I'm saying. 1045. When you hit 1025. You put 294 in the same breath? Lamont, listen to what Kyle said. In 1985, he ran he jumped 294 in 1991. So you know math and you know training age, and you think that the person that ran 1045, what we need to do is look at what he jumped in 85 comparative to that 1045, because that 294, he's at least a tenth better over six years of training, Lamont. All right. All right, so 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 all right. So you want to keep it? In, you want to keep it in, in a in a smaller in a smaller context? Look up Eric Walder, who's arguably, I think, I think we all want to be in Greece. That's the greatest NCAA long jumper ever. Maybe, arguably, how fast did he run? 
Let's see. You want is which one you want? Any one of his any one of his friend times. Eric Walder, you jump for Arkansas. Yeah, I got him pulled up. These are his jumps. Hold up, man. Man, look, if you're going to start calling out stats, I'm going to need you to tell me before. Hey, you don't want to be throwing stuff at us in the last minute, bro. So, <laughs> no, nah, nah, we said we were going to talk about. We said we're going to talk about. I can't say which way the conversation is going to go. Come on now. You know better than that. So, if any of the viewers can pull that up and, pull it, and put it in the comments, it would be highly appreciated. Ooh. Yeah, just not to, just not to be silent, you know. That, look. But, that, but that goes to what coach. That's what what Kyle was saying. There's always gonna be, we're we're talking about the overwhelming majority of the athletes that are gonna be successful. Why is it hard for you to grasp? And if you know you're entitled to your opinion, I'm not gonna take it away from you. But I'm I am 100 on the train that a sprinter sprints fast, like Coach Kyle said. Fast is fast, and I want the fastest person on the runway. I want the fastest person in the ring, and I want the fastest person uh, running multiple laps as my distance person, period. I ain't separating it out because the hurdles is a discipline nonetheless, but you're going to have a hurdler that's on your 4 by one You're going to have a hurdler that's on your 4 by 4 Hell, the USA had two 400 hurdlers. On a four by four this past world championships, and none of them girls were slow. No, we we stamps. We know this. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So we yeah. gotta put this because don't let don't let do y'all do not need to let Evander Wells fool y'all. Evander Wells gonna say, What about successful short sprinters without the ability to move up? Evander Wells, I'm about to call you out. Oh Evander Wells. Evander Wells ran 10.08-2025. He refused. He refused to run 4 by 4s to the best of his ability. I'm calling his ass out. I'm calling him out. I was, I was 20.80, and I split 45. Evander still split 46. Evander did not like running anything over 200 meters. Hell, we watched Evander in practice. Evander didn't like doing 300s. Evander didn't like doing 250s. So we're not going to go there. That's a segue. So, yeah, so it's a difference versus what you choose to do and what you're capable of doing. Because, and I can pull up the results. We ran at C Ray Relays, we ran a 300 meter dash. I ran 33.1, Evander ran 32.8. So, don't tell me that he can't run no 400. Hey, Kyle. Hey Kyle, remember? Hold on, wait, Lamont. Kyle, remember? Uh, Kiana ran fifty-six flat on the four x four of blue and gold. In the fall, with no weights, no nothing, that girl ain't touched fifty-six flat ever again. Cause she said, "Oh hell no, y'all gonna make me run this four x four now?" Andre, uh, thirty-two seven. There you go. And cause he got the three hundred meter school record. So don't don't y'all do not listen to Evander Wills. Evander Wells chose to not run 400s. It's a big difference. It's a big so difference. Let me, let, me, let me throw this out there. How do we get 100 and 200 meter sprinters to effectively receive the fact that even, even though you're going to run that 4x4 four four every so often, we're not going to be dumb enough to put you in the open four. But 
But give the leg you required to. I'll never forget Vince telling Leonard, he said, listen, you're faster than everybody else. You work less hard through 200. Just stride, stay with whoever you're with, and then when 150 to go, turn over. And Leonard's been 45 5 Can you let Cal narrate, please? No, Jumping ahead of stuff. They can't narrate. He's good. So uh, you said, how can we convince sprinters? Yes. Number one, stop stop putting them on a pedestal and saying, I'm going to make you the best 100-meter whatever. I'm going to make you the best 200-meter whatever. I'm going to give you all an example. And I called this out. I'm going to give you all two, two examples. D-Lock, this is my homeboy. D-Lock went and won the NCAA championships. And then, no, 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 no. He should have won. D-Lock stopped running 200s. Then Tarius Locke set the Florida State record in the 200 coming out of high school at the time. I'm not sure if it's been broken since then, but once he started to specialize and he eliminated that up, those other things he was doing, his time suffered. And we've talked about this. Christian Coleman. Christian Coleman wasn't running any 200s. Last last season, Noah Lyles beat him. As soon as Noah Lyles beat him in that race, he was in the 200 in, in like the next race or like the next two races. So I don't care if it's at the youth level. I don't care if it's at the high school level. Stop saying we're going to focus on this. Coach the sprinter to sprint and whatever they blossom into, then you go ahead and you spend time on it. But that's my take. So you don't, just, debate, don't debate me on that. So, so, so you just went and just took the whole question that we supposed to talk about as a collective and just. Nah, I'm just now, saying. Obviously, obviously, Lamont, you can't get over the fact that, 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 that just because Christian Coleman don't hurdle, that hurdlers that are fast, you know, don't matter. And I'm saying all speed matters. And that's. My story, and I'm sticking to it. Dog, you just listening to what you want to listen to, but it's okay. Anyway, what's the next subject? Come on, the next the next subject is you. You know what it is. Oh, the next subject is me already? Yeah. What you mean? It's, we've been on here 58 minutes. Okay. All right. So. you <clears throat> I really want everybody to, to listen to me and listen very, very carefully. Okay? Now. On today's Do Not Debate Me, okay, we are going to talk about a list that I put up a couple of days ago, okay? Now, I put up a dream list of what could potentially be a great 400-meter final. Now, I put nine lanes. I was asked to put nine lanes in because one of Karani's teammates was like, well, you can't leave Karani out. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll put him in there. Okay, so I put Karani in there because he's an Olympic champion, and there was a whole bunch of other Olympic champions in there, along with war record holders and trendsetters. Okay, now what I did was I took away the easy routes, I took away the PRs because I wanted people to think, I wanted people to actually go back and become students of the game. The same thing that we we tell our kids to become. I start to notice a lot of these coaches, they don't know damn thing about track and field. Okay. People I automatically said, well, Van Nika ran 43-03, so he's the greatest. Well, on what merit? Because he got the world record. I saw the problem had the world record twice. 
And you ain't hear none of us say he's the greatest 100-meter sprinter of all time. Okay? So what I did was I tried to help people, and I said, hey, here's the averages. And the averages were, because I think I, I think I wrote it in here somewhere. So Wade Van Neeker, if you take all the top fastest times, all the guys that's on it, all the guys that's on that list, okay? Wade Van Neeker, his average top 10 times, 43.84. Book Reynolds, 43.97. Jeremy Warner, 43.80. Quincy Watts, 44.04. LaShawn Merritt, 43.87. Steve Lewis, 44.23. Karani James, 43.92. Lee Evans, he only had, he only went under 45 seconds three times, which is shocking to me. I thought he went under 45 seconds more than that. So I, I didn't want to discredit him, so I just kind of left his off to the side. But the fastest quarter miler ever is Michael Johnson at 43.55. So this whole dip, his grade, so his top 10 times, it was the 43.55, okay? 43.55. Jesus. Then you got to look at the fact that the man won four championships. And Stamps, you know this, back in the day, the Olympics was four rounds, not three. Four and when he had back to back season, when he did the doubles, he won the two and the four. And not in 95 and 96, he ran a total of 16 rounds. That's not even including the four by four he ran in 95. And remember, he didn't run the four by four in 96 because he got hurt after he got hurt. 200, yeah. So, anyone who wants to compare, oh, well, Wade Van Neeker great 992. Well, last I checked, because I went and I did the plan, did some, some research. I've never seen any sprinter who's able to run under 1960 not run under 10 seconds. So we can safely assume that the man who ran 1932, who broke the stagger on two 9'8 sprinters out of lane three and body thump. From that fact, there was, there was four sub-10 sprinters in that final that year. Body thump. Came off the curve. And, I mean, he was way past them and everything. So we can assume Michael Johnson could run under 10 seconds. Okay, plus with the 1932, if y'all want to use PBs, then he ran 30, he ran 30.85 in the 300, but he ultimately ran 43, 43.19, 43.18, which we all knew that Michael Johnson would have taken the 400 series a lot sooner, and he didn't have all those rounds, he probably would have ran 42 seconds. So this whole notion that Wade Van Niekerk is better than Michael Johnson in any capacity of a long sprinter, it died in 2016 when Niekerk tried to do the 2-4 double, and he got damn near almost butt naked last. Okay, it it, it it died. It died when 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 you look at margin of victory. Michael Johnson's average margin of victory is between nine and 12, tenth, 12, nine and twelve tenths of a second. That's how big of a gap he was beating people, bro. I went back and I watched the twenty fifteen the the, the, uh, the twenty fifteen um championships. Kamani and Lashawn Murray was right on his heels. They're around his heels. When's the last time you see anybody other than 97 when Michael Johnson was coming off that injury from the from the uh Donovan Bailey match race? When's the last time you see anybody that close to Michael Johnson in an actual race? Never. Michael Johnson sitting there doing the Macarena 10 meters before the damn line come up and, 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 and he's blowing everybody out. So this notion that everyone think Wade Van Niekerk is better than Michael Johnson because he got the world record, stop it. On average, Michael Johnson beats that man seven days a week. And Wade Van Nieker would get one hot day, and he may beat him, but even so, Michael Johnson never had to run against defending Olympic champs like, like Wade Van Nieker had the privilege to do. 
Every time Michael Johnson stepped on the line, there was no defending world champ in the race. There was no defending Olympic champ in the race because he done retired them people. He retired Quincy Watts. He retired Steve Lewis. He retired Denny Everett. He retired all of them, okay? He put them out the pasture. Boom, boom, boom. That was mad shots in them, okay? So don't debate me. Don't at me. And when you come for the king, you cannot miss, and you best not miss. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. That has been your best one. That that has been your best one, and I can't I can't debate you on that one, man. Keep it keep it coming. Appreciate it, baby. Appreciate it. I give props. Props are due. You did your homework with that one. That's all my trackheads out there. All right, man. Uh, it's time to give our roses so we can close this thing out. I'll go first, man. I always go last, even though I uh close the show out, but. Uh, shameless plug, but mine is going out to this young man named Nate McGill. Uh, he's a GA uh, here at Georgia State, but uh, met him met him a year ago. Uh, he works in athletics and everything, but he started uh, his own group, man, dealing with social uh, injustices and looking for like looking to make change and everything. So he invited me along with uh, two other coaches. Nikki Vargas, LSU women's basketball head, women's basketball coach, and Coach Lavelle is at uh, NC Central. Uh, we'll be on a panel tomorrow. But I give my roses to him because I salute any young person, and I'm talking like I'm old, shoot, I'm still young myself. But I salute any young person that is definitely trying to be on the front lines and not necessarily complain, but try to figure out a way to be a part of the solution. So I tip my hat to that young man and that crew. Uh, that he started this organization with on tomorrow. Let me get let, let, let me get this one stamps. Let me go before you. I want you to end it off. Um, I'm giving my roses out to two individuals, and I know one of them is watching this right now. I can assume that he's watching it, but um, I'm gonna give my roses to Lawrence Harris and Travis Henderson. Um, these two young men were my two sprinters. At Virginia State, Kyle met them when we was at Nationals. It was my first and second leg. Um, when I first got to Virginia State, you know, Travis was playing football. Law was on the fence of if he wanted to run track or whatever the case may be. And, um, you know, me and Lawrence had a long conversation. The team had me and the team had a conversation with him just to stay with it. And lo and behold, he did. And, you know, the rest was history. Um, Travis, you know, he loved track and the team so much that he gave up football and decided to become a full-time track athlete. And, you know, he hit the ground running. He's been great ever since. These two young men graduated early from Virginia State. They ended up transferring to different Division I schools. One went to Virginia Tech. The other one went to Liberty University. Both of them now have a master's degree. Um, both of them... As recently as last, uh, this past Sunday and the week before, both of them just got married. I teach, I teach my young men and my young women to be adults in this world. Yes, we're going to let them make their mistakes. And, and believe you me, they made the mistakes. Like when Law was online and he ain't tell me, oh, and I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to kill him. <laughs> like I wanted to kill him. But, you know. The relationship that me and those young men fostered over the years and the life lessons that I taught them and some of the stuff that they taught me, it's very valuable. And a lot of the stuff that we, speak, we spoke on and we still speak on to this day, they've taken it into adulthood and watching them go from boys to men 
and watching them become successful young men and now successful husbands, you know, it was something to behold. I was honored to be invited to their wedding to watch two of my sons become husbands. And they are remarkable human beings. And I am forever grateful that the Lord gave them to me. And for that, Law, Trav, they're also my younger single, Sigma brothers. I give you y'all roses, man. I love y'all too. Keep up the good work, man. And remember what I told y'all at the wedding. Make sure that that woman, those women that y'all are with, y'all protect them at every and all costs. Y'all need me. Y'all know how to find me. Y'all call me. I got y'all. Y'all my sons. I love y'all. All right. Uh, I would like to give my roses this week to um, uh, any fallen teammate, brother, friend uh, that we've had. Uh, I think the amazing thing about collegiate athletes, man, is, you know, the six degrees of separation that is is uh, created by just an attachment. You know, uh, the two years I spent in Saudi Arabia, I'll never forget, I was in Kuwait at a track meet and I saw a person across the street with a UT hat on, a Tennessee hat on. I crossed the street in this foreign country. It's like, I'm a ball dog, what's up, man? I'm just trying to, you know, uh, engage. He said, you know, he went to Tennessee and, uh, you know, I think he graduated in the 70s or whatever. He was over there doing some contract work for the Army. Uh, but uh, this week we lost a, a brother. Uh, his name was Anthony Thompson. We called him the Gentle Giant. Big Bears and the Catholic. Um, early last week he said he was just feeling dizzy, wasn't feeling well. Uh, told his uh his wife, you know, I'm just going to lay down. I don't feel well. I ain't wake up. Uh, a, a few years ago, Rondell Marchand, who was uh, one of my best friends, uh, passed away uh, tragically in, in, a, in a motorcycle accident. Uh, I had a, a female friend, Patrice Gill, who's uh, battling uh, breast cancer. She passed away. I've had uh, teammates and, 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 uh, my dad's business partner passed away from COVID. Carl Jennings, the teammate, his father passed away from COVID. Uh, my high school girlfriend, her dad passed away from COVID about two weeks ago. And there's just so much loss. Uh, I, I thought about this week of all those people that shaped and made my life uh, what it is. And, and the, the family that we created isn't just, that uh, isn't blood, but it's just as close because of the time we spent, because of the trenches that we fought in. You know, uh, Kyle and Evander were very close friends and, and you know, he's watching the show and, and, and just that camaraderie uh, of sorts, uh, even to the point to where me and Kyle's relationship leveled up when he randomly, of, of all days, like you, you know, I was recently saved uh, back in 2019. Um, I gave my life to Christ and I, I often think about the randomness of things and it not ultimately being random and, and like that's God working. Like I was at Southern Illinois, Edwardsville. Indianapolis was like three and a half, four hours away. Conclave was there. Of all days, of all times, I go to the mall, I rolled by myself and I was like, shoot, you know, I need to look for a shirt. I need, you know, something else. I didn't, 
you know, I'm not a close horse as much as I used to be. So I was like, let me get something nice so I can kick it that night. And of all times, I go to the freaking mall in the parking deck several levels up. I'm walking to the mall by myself. Hey, Stamps, that's you? And I'm like, who's Kyle? And it's Kyle. So, of course, I know Kyle because of our time at, at being in Tennessee, and, and he knows me from seeing and, and just those interconnections and those webs. And, again, those six degrees of separation, uh, I wanted to give my roses to any of you guys as brothers now that, you know, we're, we're at that age, especially me and, and Mont, that uh, we're losing friends and family at alarming rates, regardless if it's COVID or just, again, dying in your sleep, you know. I don't want to whip the bat on any of, of of Kyle's friends and family and brothers created in, in arms at, at Tennessee. But in the next five to 10 years, something reckless is going to happen to somebody in your circle that is going to cause you to um, kind of value life at a higher level. Um, and I really wanted to, to shout out the guys that I came into school with because when Rondell passed, we created a fund for his daughters. He had two little girls. And, you know, we're like, we're like uncles now. And so I want to give my roses to the fall involved, both me and Kyle, involved in Cyclones uh, 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 for Mont and anybody that's watching the show that's had a fallen teammate, friend, family member uh, over this past time. This is who I give my roses to this week. Yeah, man, that was beautiful. I appreciate that. So look, man, I love you guys. Y'all stay safe. This has been Track Chat with the most known unknowns. I'm Coach Kyle. We got Lamont Johnson that likes to change his name every week. And my boy, Coach Stamps. Y'all be good. Take it easy. I'll see y'all next week. Yeah.